You are listening to the Tri-Quarter Transmissions Episode 9. And now, here are Craig and Jeff. Welcome to another episode of the Tricorder Transmissions. I'm your host, Jeff Hewlett. And I'm Craig Cohen. And on this week's episode, we are talking about episode nine, Dagger of the Mind. But before we get to that, it seems like every week there is something new and exciting to talk about uh, related to Star Trek, the original series. So what do you have for us this week, Jeff? Well, I have one really exciting piece of news for us this week. I think this is going to be great for original series fans. So uh, Tops. The famous trading card company, years and years ago, uh, issued a set of 88 trading cards for Star Trek The Original Series that spanned a lot of different episodes and had all the different characters represented from different time periods during the show. And a book has just recently come out featuring all 88 of those trading cards front and back, along with uh, 22 of the rare stickers that were also included, and a bit of a commentary about the set itself. And the book is now available on Amazon.com for $11.97, and it's Prime eligible. So I already ordered myself a copy of this. Couldn't, you can't resist it for that kind of a price. Sure, that's awesome. And you know what? I think I read about this. Is this from the same author that um, co-wrote the Star Trek 365 book that I love so much? Yeah, I believe it is yeah. the same author. All right, awesome. Yeah, so, that, that really looks like a, like a cool little book. Yeah, I would definitely say for for twelve dollars, you know, and it's a hardcover mm-hmm. for twelve bucks. And uh, there's one review on Amazon of the book currently, and in that review, the the guy says that there's a little added bonus that th- I didn't see listed in the description. He said there actually is a little plastic pouch with trading cards in it stuck in the back of the book. Oh wow, that's cool. I wonder if they are a random assortment or if it's the same set of cards. I, I assume that I'll order this possibly after we're done recording this episode. And uh, when we both get our copies, we'll have to compare cards. Yeah, I'm anxious to do it. So I ordered mine earlier today. So I'm, I'm thinking it'll probably be here Monday. Uh, and, and I guess if you're going to order yours, we'll be able to talk about it for uh, next week's show. Awesome. Awesome. So the only other thing that I found that was uh, sort of original series related this week in, in the news was uh, Brian Fuller who is one of the writers for uh, DS9 and Voyager, made a a statement about wanting to write for a new Trek TV show based in the uh, J.J. Abrams rebooted universe. If that were to to come to pass, that they, uh, you know, Paramount decided they wanted to do another TV series based on the new universe, he was anxious uh, to have a chance to write for that show. That's actually really cool. I would uh, completely welcome trek on my tv every week i i think that in its uh, at its essence at its deepest core star trek uh is will or should be forever known as 
a TV franchise. I mean, there's 728 episodes of Star Trek programming that spans, you know, the original series through Enterprise. So um, it, it far outweighs the amount of films they made. And I think the stories they told in the episodes are really where the, uh, the heart of that series is. Yeah, I completely agree with you. And so I think Star Trek really does belong on TV. Its roots are there. And, and hopefully one day, It'll, it'll get back there. Great. I, I would definitely uh, look forward to that. Yeah, me too. So uh, you ready to run through some air dates and a uh, quick synopsis before we jump into the show? Sure thing. All right. So, so the original air date for The Dagger of the Mind was November 3rd of 1966, and the remaster aired on October 13th of 2007. Okay, cool. And uh, just to give a little uh, summary of the episode... Um, a routine visit to the Tantalus penal colony proves dangerous for Kirk and an Enterprise psychiatrist. So we are going to start our episode in three, two, one. Get a nice uh, flyover shot like uh, the series. I, is there an episode of the series that doesn't start with an establishing shot of the Enterprise in space? I don't know. Uh, you know, I just noticed that canister there that we just saw the 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 abbreviation doctor the dr was was cut out and pasted over something else. Oh, maybe it said so Mister. I wonder what's and... in there. But yeah, so the the remastered uh, entry there with the Enterprise was pretty cool because they have the it was like a, a ringed planet. Yeah. So yeah. it was kind of neat to see those those uh, silvery rings below. Yeah, it's funny how uh, Kirk comes in and he has to school the engineers on uh, why the the transporter isn't working. And the first thing I noticed when I watched this was the transporter technique was nowhere near as subtle as what James Doohan did as Scotty. This guy just seems really like up and down, real quick motion. Yeah, he's, um, he's kind of, yeah, he's he's like kind of almost slamming the controls in a way. He's got yeah. no, uh, you know, you have to finesse those things. Yeah, and I, I guess that's something that, that Doohan brought to the role, you know, uh, yeah, see, that's all you had to do is you kind of you slid it nice and gentle, yeah. and all of a sudden. But they the also had to disable away. the uh, the force field on the prison right. colony. Um, well, that's to yeah, that was a kind of a, a, to establish the fact that they have a yeah. a shield mm-hmm. that prevents beaming. Mm-hmm. It was also interesting. I guess this is the first time that we actually see them beaming an inanimate object. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, which is kind of neat and. They, yeah, it's pretty cool. Classified be- material. Do yeah. not open. They've beamed up this box. So does that mean any nobody can open that ever? Do not open it. Yeah, I guess it just gets stored maybe with the Ark uh, yeah, from, Ra- from Raiders of the Lost Ark. It's in the giant, the giant room mm-hmm. with everything else. Um, actually, I think I just I just missed it as it went by, but I believe. That maybe we'll get another shot of the box. So here's Van Gelder getting out of the box. But mm-hmm. I believe that that box has the word Eurasia on it. Okay. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. The word Eurasia on it. So what does that mean? Does that mean there, there are no more independent nations in Europe and Asia oh, in, yeah. in Star Trek times? Yeah. That's pretty forward thinking, too. Yeah. I think, I think you could see it on there, but I, I think I missed it when, it, when, it, when the shot went by. Oh, that karate chop to the back of the neck, man. That is classic. And I'm sure we'll talk a lot about Van Gelder, man. But yeah. Van Gelder, he steals this episode. He definitely does. And, you know, as I was reading up on this episode, the Van Gelder character, the um, the actor who played him, 
uh, we're going to go into more later. Yeah. You're going to have more more uh, information on him. But from what I understand, this this role was so taxing on him that he had to take a short vacation to recover from the intensity of this role. I, I totally believe it. Um, we'll see some sequences later where he gets into some really, really intense, yeah. intense acting. I mean, it it's it was definitely. Uh, you know, pretty uh, taxing to even watch. Yeah, you know, yeah, I felt yeah. I felt exhausted for the guy. Yeah. So, let's see. What else? Interesting thing. So, you know, we've already established that the the, the stinger for this episode established that there's a prison colony, yeah. a penal colony, a rehabilitation colony. I thought it was kind of interesting that this far in the future, they don't have a better way of dealing with criminals uh, you would think that there'd be some sort of a of a of a you know maybe psychological medication or treatment would have advanced so far that they could really just take care of people like that quickly without having to institutionalize oh, yeah, yeah. them right and because, it seems like they own, they even sort of regress from this period because yeah. in part 6 what McCoy yeah. and uh and the Klingon Kirk end up colony, on yeah. that uh the Rurupente, the, the 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 mining colony, a penal mining colony. Yeah, no, that is a good so, point. Yeah. You would think that in 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 with all that sort of the Star Trek world accomplished by the time it, right. it came to be, right? Um, you'd think right. that, yeah. Um, and crime isn't really sort of explored too much on this series. Yeah, you know? well, the occasional villain like Mud. Yeah, uh, you know he he's a, he's a, a an intergalactic criminal, but you know they, they they apparently there's a lot of people down on this colony, and it 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 it's it's a lot for me to think about because you think McCoy you know can cure eight million diseases by yeah. sticking the hypo in your arm, yeah. but they still have to throw these criminals yeah in an institution. There's no uh-huh. you know and even today in in the you know the 2013. You know, we have a lot, a lot of uh, medications and things to treat mental illness. Right? Yeah. Well, the interesting thing about this episode for me is sort of the conflict that exists between McCoy and Kirk and Spock. In that, Kirk and Spock seem really on board with the 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 treatment mm-hmm. um, that Adams has developed yep um and mccoy seems very skeptical of it so it, it he does for me it was kind of neat to see this you know opposing viewpoints in it and it might have even been a commentary on whatever kind of new age you know medicine yeah or, or or you know techniques um were big in in the 60s in terms of you know yeah well you're thinking back on the days when they were still doing things like electroshock yeah. therapy mm-hmm. so uh yeah, there's a there's a line from McCoy in here uh, where where they're discussing the 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 penal colony itself and and the the implications the morality of the of it and McCoy says you know a cage is a cage yes so you know th- I think that's a really good moment uh, a character development where you really see you know the empathy that McCoy see that it demonstrates the 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 triad of the three of them. Mm-hmm. Quite well, as McCoy is the only one who takes that more of an emotional yeah. uh, approach to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I mean, I guess you you could argue that you know even the you know the most club fed type mm-hmm. you know j- you know jail facility in yeah. our day and age cage is still a cage. Still, yeah, exactly. You know, I mm-hmm. mean, it's, it's um, it definitely is a, a a nice character moment for for McCoy, and not to tip my hand, you know, there's. There's one obvious reason that this this episode is going to be essential. Uh oh. <laughs> but uh, there are a, a you know it's a cool McCoy character moment that I think yep. sort of 
you know, would would make me lean towards it. Look at this uh, straight up bridge invasion, <laughs> man. He comes straight out with the phaser. Yeah. Karate chopping necks. Mm-hmm. And we have more of that Kirk. I am the yep. captain. I am not going to show fear. fear. Yep. Um, you know, I mean, this guy has a, a phaser. You don't know what setting it's on. It could be set for Yeah, we have no idea kill. at this point. Um, and Kirk He's doesn't really... disturbed in yeah. some way. Yeah. But Kirk is, is so stoic, man. Mm-hmm. So stoic. He's no fear at all. Yeah, Just yeah. talks him right down. Mm-hmm. He's like, all right, step back, chill out. Yeah, and there's going to be a combined effort here. We're going to get uh take Van Gelder down. A nice distraction. Yep. And then uh, Kirk uh, Spock's going to deliver the uh, the nerve, the, the the famous Vulcan nerve. Pinch. And once again, the nerve pin <laughs> saves the day, man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, that that is the greatest move. I think one of the greatest sci-fi special abilities. Yeah, yeah. Just walk up. Bow. Mm-hmm. But Kirk almost gets him to hand over the phaser. Yeah. I mean, you know, Kirk is zero fear. Mm-hmm. Absolutely zero fear. I mean, and you can tell. I mean, Van Gelder is obviously crazed and disturbed, yeah, you know. Yeah. And Kirk is not showing any. Actually, you know, the, most of the bridge is not showing mm-hmm. much fear either. Only really a hurrah in the back there, kind of. Yeah. I think it speaks probably to their Starfleet training. Oh, I'm sure. You know, because there's, you yeah. know, uh, episodes we'll watch in the future where they're, yeah. uh, you know. Look at it, that cool shot, yeah, by the way. That's, that's one awesome. of the remastered shots yeah. of the ship. I love that. Mm-hmm. I was explaining the remastered um, concept mm. to um, a friend of mine who, who wasn't really too aware of it, you know, right. what the differences were. You know, a lot of times when you, you talk about, you know, New versions of stuff, people instantly think of like George Lucas's Star Wars yeah, special editions. Yeah, there's a stigma. There's a stigma you know? to that. But it was it was kind of cool to you know to to explain it you know again. Whereas you know the the purpose of these remasters was just clean up the prints, but at the same time, yeah. you know, do some very subtle, um, tasteful effects re- you know replacements because um, you know as I've said on previous episodes when I watch this. Before we get together to record, yeah. I watch the original version. Nice. And then when we record, I watch the remastered with you. And it, it's really, you know, wild to sort of see the the Enterprise shots where you can see it's probably third or fourth generation because there's so many elements yep. stacked on top of each other that yep. there's almost times where the, the Enterprise looks almost transparent. <laughs> yeah, I know. And you, you look at these, and we've said this before, and I know I've said this before, but you look at these remasters and you think these episodes were, were created so long ago, and they look so great. They did such a good job. Not, not I'm just excluding the uh, the new special effects, mm-hmm. but just the prints themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the colors, and it's it's nice and clear, and it's it looks fantastic. Yeah, I mean, at, at this shot here, I mean, you can yeah. see the you know the 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 blue eyes that Van Gelder has, yep. the sweat on his face, and even the you know sort of the you know the inconsistencies in his in his skin tone in terms yeah. of you know um, incredible. But we should probably talk about the actor playing Doctor Simon yeah. Van Gelder here. Let's it go is for it. Morgan Woodward, mm-hmm. who has a, a pretty amazing career he guested on 19 episodes of gunsmoke as various characters so wow. he wasn't a recurring character he was just sort of a utility guy for them wow um he did this uh 12 episodes of wagon train which was nice. you know wagon uh, sort train. Of something roddenberry always used to describe star trek yep. as wagon train to the stars um he was on three episodes of the a team in the 80s as two different characters Get out. 
And um, he's probably most notable to people, aside from this, as um, Marvin Punk Anderson on the TV show Dallas. He was one of oh. JR's uh, right-hand men. Oh, man, my mother was obsessed yeah. with Dallas back in the day. <laughs> obsessed. Yeah, yeah. And he'll also pop up in the season two episode, The Omega Glory. Oh, all right. So. Yeah, yep. that's, a, well, that's, a, that's a good one, too. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, watching his performance here, you can see why he was such a utilized actor. I mean, oh, I, this he he really nails this Van Gelder character. You can you can uh, you could feel the pain mm-hmm. that's being inflicted on him by this process. We'll discover later in the episode. Whenever they're speaking to him, and you know, and he's struggling to get these words out because the pain is so intense. You can really see it on his face. In fact, he actually could give Shatner a run for his money. I think. Oh. I, I think so, and that's no easy feat. Not at all. And we'll see some of Shatner's uh, pain later on. So pretty cool stuff. Yeah. So a uh, little bit of a throwback to this episode. Uh, in, on, on an episode of uh, Deep Space Nine, I don't have the actual episode. Mm-hmm. There is a, you see an image of a, a shipping label that has Van Gelder's name on it. So it seems that he's still running the penal colony in 2370 in the episode of DS9. So, uh, you know, they restore him to his, his position, but yeah. he's, he's still there. Talk about no, uh, no career movement. Yeah, well, and also, you know, living to a nice, healthy age. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe he's part Vulcan. Uh, uh. Or it could be an ancestor. Yeah, it's true, true, you could know. be. But, uh, you know, we should think. We figure out what what year this episode took place and uh, see what the difference in time. Well, is. there has to be hundred plus years, right? Wasn't it a hundred and some odd years between the original series and Next Generation? Uh, yeah, it's a little fuzzy at times, yeah. though. Some of the dates get a little muddled here and there. So, and I'm not I'm not really uh, well versed on the timeline. Between Next Generation and DS9, I'm yeah. not sure. Do they occur concurrently? I, I, think, I think they ran concurrently because there was a period where Worf yeah. actually was a, a series regular on, on DS9. DS9. Yeah, yeah. And it was interesting because when Generations came out, it was like, oh, we have to figure out a way we'll to get, get Worf, Worf back. back on the, you know. And same thing with uh, with uh, First Contact because yeah. he's on the Defiant, right? Yeah, yeah. The Defiant. He was yeah. on the Defiant. Mm-hmm. The tough little ship. Yeah. Little. Yeah. <laughs> I've watched that movie way too many times. Yeah, yeah. Way yeah. too many times. So, you know, as with a lot of Star Trek episodes, they they deal with, uh, you know, issues that were topical at the time in the 60s. And this episode seems to be one of those episodes that, that follows that same vein. So I was thinking about it as I was watching this and, and reading some other notes on this episode. So this it seems to be that they're they're touching on psychotherapy as a whole and and treatment for mental illness as a whole mm-hmm. uh, and as we talked about before uh, you know, there were some controversial uh, mental health procedures that were performed back then and treatments such mm-hmm. as shock therapy and you know there were guys coming back from the military with different uh, you know shit what they call shell shock yeah post-traumatic post-tra- stress now yeah. they call it post-traumatic mm-hmm. stress they've softened it a little bit to make yeah, it yeah. sound that's what but shell shock uh, back then and and the, you know the paranoia and fear that the general populace had of uh, mental health treatment the stigma of going to a shrink mm-hmm. you know this this episode seems to take that to an extreme showing a an, an extreme form 
yeah. of mental health mm-hmm. uh, treatment here. So, you know, what does that say about the people who wrote this episode? Yeah. You know, was, does this reflect their views mm-hmm. on the, the treatment of mental illness back in that time? Yeah, that's an interesting, interesting question. And uh, sadly, the uh, the writer is, is, is no longer uh, with us. Yeah, we can't get him on the podcast. Yeah, I guess we can we can talk about him real quick. It sure. was written by S. Bar David, who died back in 2004. Oh. It was the um, pen name of Shyman Winselberg, um, who was a playwright and TV writer. Um, mm-hmm. He wrote for Mannix, The Time Tunnel, Gunsmoke. Oh. Have Gun Will Travel and Lost in Space. And in the 90s, wow. he wrote for Law and Order. Um, oh, and one of my also, favorites. And he also wrote the Trek episode, The Galileo 7. Oh, another so, really good one. That's so, coming up soon, too. Mm-hmm. It's coming up soon. But I think the, the real interesting thing is, again, we talk about how forward-thinking Star Trek yep, was. Yep. Um, society's view on mental illness and the treatment of mental illness hasn't really progressed that far. I mean, yeah, no. you know, it's still, you know, it's still sort of a taboo, you know, nobody wants to talk about it. You know, people no. have members of their family. I think we mm-hmm. all have somebody in our family who's struggling with mental yep. illness. And yep. it's, it's really, uh, actually to jump to the episode, is this the, one of the only times we actually see Kirk delivering his, um, a captain's lock into, into the a tricorder. tricorder. I thought that was really um, yeah. I guess worth he can, noting. I guess he can uh, deliver his log wherever it's convenient because you've seen him do it in his own quarters yeah. with his own computer. Mm-hmm. You've seen him uh, sitting in the chair. You've seen him with that that other clipboard looking mm-hmm. thing, and now you've seen him with yeah. a, an actual tricorder. Yeah, recording his log, which actually validates our show title. Because I know when we were coming up with episode, you know, <laughs> titles for the show, you know, nice. when you're putting together a podcast, one of the hardest things to do, yeah. as crazy as it sounds, is coming up with a title. Get, you get the concept, you get that all worked out, but then you have to come up with that title that's going to be... We went back and forth for a while yeah. on the title. And I know we debated whether um, a tricorder was... Uh, scientifically accurate to use as a title for transmitting for transmitting but as we just learned you can record on a try a tricorder so the data would be transmitted somewhere yeah so so you can imagine as you're listening back to this however you're listening back to it that you're listening back to it on a tricorder (laughs) so now we have um a doctor who's going to accompany kirk down to the planet it's uh, uh, noel helen noel helen noel so here is uh in instance of something that we've been talking about for episodes upon episodes and the role this actual role of helen noel the, the role mm-hmm. that she's filling was originally intended to be filled by yeoman rand oh okay so with the focus on taking her out and making kirk more of an interstellar playboy yeah they took they wrote her out of this episode mm-hmm. and replaced her position in the storyline with this Dr. Helen Noel, which uh-huh. actually sort of in a way makes sense because she's supposed to have experience with mental health yeah. and, and the treatment of mental mm-hmm. health. So it made more sense. But this is also the beginning of the end for the Yeoman Rand having a heavy role yeah. as Kirk's you know, love interest or right hand in some of these missions. Mm-hmm. And um, one interesting thing is they replaced what was the matte painting um, of that episode mm-hmm. with a brand new, it was pretty uh, cool looking. Yeah, too. well, and it was a recycled matte painting. Yeah, so I think they said it to uh, avoid redundancy, <laughs> we'll just flat out replace it. Um, the other interesting <laughs> thing that happened when they beamed down is, yeah, you know, Kirk basically indicated that 
um, he'd had a, an encounter with uh, Doctor um, Noel at the uh, the Christmas, Christmas party, party. Yeah, I was going to bring that was, up too. Uh, completely on the up and up. Yep. Uh, meaning that you know Kirk keeps it professional on board the, his starship. I mean, he it seems like he takes mm. his his uh, role as captain very seriously, and, yep. and as much as he sort of you know uh, you know played the playboy role. Um, yeah, he didn't mess around on the starship. No, and also uh, it's a, one of the very few times you'll hear any sort of religious holiday or religion at all yes. mentioned on a Star Trek episode. Yeah, I very that rare. Was, I thought that was interesting. Um, so now we have uh, Kirk meeting with uh, Doctor Adams, who Kirk seems almost sort of, uh, you know, in awe of. Yeah, he's got a lot of reverence for this guy. Yeah, he almost seems like... Um, pouring the Tranya. <laughs> oh, wrong episode. Wrong sorry. episode. I like the robe here with the, you know, the sort of hand holding the dove and yeah, reaching up sun. towards the sun. Yeah. Um, Dr. Um, Tristan, Tristan Adams, um, played by James Gregory, who died yeah. back in 2002. Oh. Um, he did some some good movie work. He was in the uh, the 1960s version of The Manchurian Candidate. Nice. With, um, Frank Sinatra. Good flick. Um, Beneath the Planet of the Apes. Another good um, one. And he was also Frank Luger on TV's Barney Miller. Ah! I used to watch that too when yeah, I was a kid. Yeah, great theme song. Oh, it was um, one of the best. He was also on The Twilight Zone, Wagon Train, Gunsmoke, and he played Ulysses S. Grant on The Wild Wild West, which is a program I'm not sure a lot of people really think about much anymore. When you say The Wild Wild West, West. people think of the Will Smith, that Kevin Klein movie. movie. That was a rough one, man. <laughs> Take a look at that outfit that she is wearing. It's kind of like a uh, almost a hippie-ish sort of robe. It looks like it's in two pieces, like a front and a back. Yeah. And she looks like she's been through a few treatments. Yeah, she is a, what, a, a, a re- rehabilitated yeah. uh, convict. Who Quote, is now, unquote, I'm who, making air quotes. <laughs> who is now working uh, at the State Behind to work on the penal colony. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this is, uh, it's probably wound up being a good idea to to take the Rand character out and add this Dr. Noel in because she kind of corroborates a lot of the, the things that, that Dr. Adams is saying. It co- sort of reassures Kirk mm-hmm. that what's going on here is legit because she actually defends this uh, this installation quite a bit in this yeah. episode uh-huh. before she figures out, you know, things are a little bit weird. But um, it it makes a hell of a lot more sense having her there to do this than it would have been to just have some random... Yeoman. Oh yeah, you know, with no experience yeah. with this stuff. There was Look no how happy point. These people are. <laughs> Goodness. Uh, yeah, there was no point when I was watching this episode where I thought, you know, yeah, um, that her character didn't didn't you know ring true as being the the, the correct and character. You notice this this facility is drilled out of rock. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, this is the same type of a rock background we see. Uh, it, we just in the the uh, what are little girls made of. Mm-hmm. These underground installations, and so you have a mental health facility, penal colony that's, you know, inside of a moon mm-hmm. or a planet. So you you see this all the time, and this is the same exact type of thing you had like we're seeing in Star Trek Six. It mm-hmm. was a underground, in the rocks, so it can't beam out. Mm-hmm. So you're putting them in this situation where you know everything looks fine up front, but we're trapped underground. Yeah. Another one of those new remastered flyby yeah, shots. I really, I really love the uh, the shots of the ship. These mm-hmm. remastered shots of the ship. So back on the ship now, we're seeing some more of this pain. Look, look at how how he's he's 
tensing up the muscles in his head to make his head shake like yeah, that. Yeah, it almost seems to me like he, so you intense. know, as we learn later in the episode what they're doing on that planet, it almost seems like he's fighting to claim mm. memories that have been sort of yeah, suppressed, suppressed behind or, the pain or, or removed or or covered up by something else. Look at the the yeah. facial expressions. He he I can almost feel pain just watching yeah. him. Like, look at that. Mm-hmm. That's very. I can tell. I understand why he had to take a vacation after this role because that is some seriously intense stuff. Yeah, I'm sure he called his agent up and said, "Hey, I need a couple mental health yeah. days." <laughs> uh, you got to give him the hypo. Yeah. I love this sort of gesture Spock made. Like Spock was like, "I'm not dealing with this guy. So, shoot yeah, him up." Shoot, you know. Yeah. Um, well, he's he's almost incapable of meaningful communication at this point because he's he's been so uh beaten down by that machine and here we're actually seeing the machine for the first time yeah. he's getting a little demonstration the neural neur- look at neuralizer. those pants yes where do these people get these clothes <laughs> these inc- incredible outfits really incredible outfits mm-hmm. so basically the neural yeah. neur- neuralizer works where you <laughs> neuralize right uh, that's what it's called essentially yeah yeah, yeah. yeah it's a, um where basically it opens your mind up to suggestion, and there's different levels. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so at the at the the smallest level, it could say maybe, maybe. we're going to prevent you know we're going to have you stop smoking. Yep. We're yep. going to you know suggest, and then there's different intensity levels. You have a lot of nondescript buttons and yeah. and and lights there, and you have a couple of buttons. We just saw a quick glimpse of the panel that mm-hmm. operates this thing. Yeah. It seems like the one dial is really the one they focus on. The, yeah, the, the master dial. Yeah. So uh, the explanation they have for Van Gelder is that he was in he that room himself, by himself, and he had the the uh, the power cranked up to the maximum, right. and he basically fried his brain. Right. That's right. That's the. Uh, so he used it uh, outside story. of its normal suggested <laughs> uh, operating. Uh, procedure right although he's the one that supposedly created the the procedure mm-hmm. right yeah 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 so he he would mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. so the kind of story doesn't really wash i mean i guess you could kind of buy it if you're kirk and 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 mm-hmm. noel that you can kind of, she's a little skeptical mm-hmm. but you, you can kind of buy it i guess you know, well we don't we're not the experts on this we mm-hmm. don't know this is a new thing yeah you know maybe it was just a, a an, an unfortunate accident yeah, yeah. right that he he fried his own brain. Yeah. And and this sort of gets me to jump ahead a little bit. We see this guy who's definitely been treated. Oh, big time. Um, what was the end game for Dr. Adams here? Well, I mean, I guess the, I guess the prestige of, of running this place or controlling these people, I guess, you know, absolute power corrupts absolutely. And the, the only way he could... You'd think that, it, that, that if, if he wanted to maintain, he wouldn't have invited... Kirk to beam down. Yeah, well, I'm, maybe he figured that he could just give them this cockamamie story and, mm-hmm. and and placate them and and get Van Gelder back and they'd be no nobody be the wiser, yeah. right? It's like, well, you know, we, we, I just got to give them some story that's kind of plausible. They'll believe me. They'll mm-hmm. give me Van Gelder back, mm-hmm. and nobody will come back and bother me again. So, do you think it kind of steamrolled? Um, so you don't think he ever intended of you know really getting Kirk in the in the in the chair and no I don't, I don't think that was his original intention yeah. I think that but once he saw that he's like well you know what screw it. I might as yeah. well just take advantage of this situation mm-hmm. and I'll I'll just uh, I'll, I'll I'll eliminate all this stuff I'll take over I'll make sure Kirk is uh, 
you know, locked away with me. That way the truth can never get out. Yeah. And, you know, so, but because, I mean, you see he's, he's, he's cordial here in, in, the, in this early uh, portion of the episode. Yeah. I, I don't, there's, they don't really give you any indication that he's got an ulterior mm-hmm. motive here. Yeah. Although you do see, uh, a minute ago, you did see the technician there using the machine uh, to, to, you know, to inflict pain upon a patient. But I think the original intent was to just snow Kirk yeah. into giving him Van Gelder back and yeah, and letting him go. And I think they were pre- he was pretty close to success. Yeah. Until I guess Kirk and the, to those meddling kids, Kirk and yeah. uh, and no and uh, Doctor Noel, uh, he could have got away with it yeah, too. Decide to uh, to test out the uh, the neuralizer. Maybe that could be our next podcast. Maybe we can do Scooby Doo, <laughs> Scooby Doo cast, right? We do the Globetrotter episodes. Well, yeah. Well, you could focus on all of the. Well, wasn't there a whole run of Scooby Doo that was just devoted to? Celebrity appearances, yeah. Oh, they, you know, they had Batman tons of celebrities. Robin. Batman and Robin were on the there. Adams the Globetrotters, yeah. the Adams Family. Yeah, there were tons of them. But I think it was an, an actual. That yeah. was the show every week. It was Scooby yeah. Doo and Friends, maybe. Or? Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think you're right. And that's, well, that was around when they started to jump the shark, right, with Scrappy Doo and all that <laughs> other crap. You know, they got rid of. They, they went outside the, the realm of the the normal characters and and started you know adding in nonsense. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Van Gelder. Is uh, conscious again. Yeah. But I think at this point, Spock is starting to detect there may be something else going on here. Yeah. Spock, in, you know, at his best, is able to cut through the bullshit, if you will. Yeah. And uh, peel peel back yep. the layers of uh, of whatever onion problem he's got. Yeah. And, and really, uh, he's the skeptic of skeptics. It's, uh, it's funny that, you know, years later, um, Nimoy would host In Search Of. Which was kind of a, a, yeah. a skeptic show, <laughs> sure. yeah. And his uh, his his uh, movie review show on Nickelodeon that uh, for some reason is mostly forgotten. You know what? I'm not remembering that. A lot of people don't, but it was there. I used to watch it, and it's it's. Um, I'm trying to remember the name of it. So was it movie reviews for yeah. kids? Uh, yeah, pretty much. But he had some behind-the-scenes stuff, and he would uh, do some interviews and things. So he'd be like, here I am on the set of... Yeah, he did. I re- one of the real memorable ones was he did one for E.T. Okay. Yeah, I, I gotta. I, I can't remember the name. It's escaping me. I had it in my, my head a minute ago, and I used to watch it. Oh, I'm wow. going to have to look it up again. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll have to... Uh, but I think there are some clips of it on YouTube mm-hmm. as well. So here we're seeing a little intense conversation mm-hmm. between... Uh, McCoy and Spock mm-hmm. discussing what to do. Yeah, I think with Van this, Gelder. I think this episode sort of is shaped in a in a in a very sort of cool way in the sense that it's 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 kind of the Star Trek episode I, I prefer, where you get the um you get certain members of the crew down on a planet, or yep. and then you still. Have other people on the Enterprise working on something, yep. and you get that back and forth. Yeah, the duality. You get uh, the, the you, there's like a mystery to solve. Yeah. So there's some suspense mm-hmm. going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And but the, you're not isolated on a no. planet or the Enterprise. You're getting sort of the, getting best the best of both, of both worlds, worlds to steal from uh, the next generation. And here we go. This first is, ever mind yeah, meld. This is actually the first ever Vulcan mind meld. Yep. Um, but it's also Spock's first time using the mind meld on a human. Yep. 
And he, he did explain how dangerous it could be because he yeah. didn't know what, what, what would happen. Yeah, and um, his technique would change over the years. It does. But he, I, does he, do, he does some hand repositioning here. Yeah. So you'll see that other times as well. He repositions himself. And he's talking, too. And he's, which, right. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing is um, that I guess Spock would eventually become comfortable enough with the, the mind melt that yep. he would use it on animals as well. Yeah, and, and alien creatures and all yeah. sorts of other uh, other things. And the mind melt actually uh, develops in a way where he can do it without even touching things sometimes. Yeah. We'll see in a later episode. Yeah, he does it, what, uh, th- through eye contact? And through a rock wall. Yeah. <laughs> So there, that was a pretty historic moment there, uh, and you know, I guess little did anybody know, uh, you know, what that mind meld would would lead to. I, I assume that that was probably something that Roddenberry had in his series Bible. Maybe I know a lot of TV shows they work. All the writers work from a uh, sort of a rule book, if you mm-hmm. will. Yeah, so. I have a copy of that. The script that it is, the writer's guide for okay. Star Trek. Yeah, yeah, I have a copy of that. Yeah, so it's uh, a neat read. Yeah, I can imagine. That's they tell very you cool. what to do. You know how to how to. Um, it tells you about the how to put things on the the waist so there's no no visible no pockets or anything. Everybody uh, just sticks to the waist yeah, and yeah. all kinds of little regulations and things like that for writing for the show. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really cool to mm-hmm. read. Was that something you got within the last couple of years or? Within the last, yeah, it, it it's not. A, it's actually a, a PDF. I don't have oh, an okay. actual book yeah, book. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's in my it's in my iPad. Yeah, I could send it to you if you wanted yeah, it. That'd be neat. That'd it's be pretty neat. cool to read. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you see a lot of these things that became, um, you know, staples of the show. Yeah. are listed in there as you know if you're gonna do if you're gonna write about this you have to take these things into account. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. I wonder if like I, I you know it's it's funny because you know you always look back at things historically different, mm-hmm. uh, but I I wonder at this moment if they if they knew what. A big deal the mind meld was going to turn into. Yeah, you know, I mean, exactly. It, it, you know, it, it, it made a lot of things in the future series possible, you know, yep. especially as we get to the movies and, you know. Yep. The uh, mind, yeah. I, I, and it's a another testament to the expansion of Spock's powers. And you can see, actually, you can see here in this particular shot, mm-hmm. you can see the emotion on Spock's face because there's an emotional transference. Yes. Uh-huh. That happens through the mind meld, and Sp- Spock actually feels exactly what that person is feeling. Yeah, and we'll see this again in, in a little while when he actually does it to an alien creature mm-hmm. and experiences the alien creature's intense pain. Yeah, so it's pretty. It's a pretty cool technique. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. The other thing I'm focusing on here is how well done Spock's ears are. Yep. Uh, it's easy to overlook, but I mean, you mm-hmm. don't really see the seams, if you will, of yep. of where the you know the prosthetic starts and where his ear ends. Yep. Um, and especially in this, you know, the this remastered Blu-ray, mm-hmm. you'd think that that would really expose that because we've seen other instances on the yeah. show already where Do you've you... seen the, sort of the 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 exposed limitations of the makeup. Yeah, I remember when uh, I was. Uh, listening to some um, uh, other podcasts a long time ago and reading other when they're just starting to put out these um, the episodes in high definition and uh, the one of the the running jokes was oh great now we're going to be able to see the seams in Spock's ears uh, you know we're gonna we're gonna be able to see the little line where the prosthetic meets the ear and that was a big goof and. 
it's proven that it, it's not actually a concern because you, you really can't detect them. Yeah, and it wasn't like I know when I was a kid, um, I might even still have them. I had a pair of ears that sort of f- f- fit right over your regular ear, yeah. and, I, and I know for Spock, they didn't do that because it would have, I guess, impaired his ear. You know, yeah. um, so here it was just an extension that they built on his ear, but it's still pretty impressive. Now, why does Kirk need a hands-on with this thing? I don't know. It seems very, very questionable. Um, It seems like a huge lapse in judgment. And Noel is definitely also uh, 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 should be held partially responsible here. Oh, absolutely. Um, He should not, as as the captain of a starship, he should not be putting himself in a position like this. He has no idea what that thing's capable of. He's like, hey, let's, let's kick the tires a little bit. Kick the tires. And did you notice that the intensity dial mm-hmm. has no markings on it whatsoever? You have no idea yeah. what mm-hmm. intensity that dial is cranked to. Mm-hmm. So this is where uh, you would think that Adams has to readjust. So you're thinking up until this point, Adams is like, we'll put on the, 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 you yep. know, the show. We'll get Van Gelder back, back, and then boom. No, be any the wiser. But once he realizes that Kirk has seen what's actually see, there's that intensity dial mm-hmm. again. That Kirk knows what that machine is capable of. The jig's up. Yeah. Now he's got to change gears mm-hmm. and figure out something else. Mm-hmm. Now here's another um, really questionable moment where you know um, they determine Noel and and Kirk determine that they need to implant some kind of idea that um that kirk wouldn't have thought of on his own um you know oh, kirk ini- would have thought of this well she initially <laughs> thought you know she gave him the the, the idea that he was hungry and yeah. here she actually says hey at that christmas party, party we didn't you know have a nice conversation and go our separate ways we went back to my quarters and, and got very intimate yeah exactly uh, but this is definitely something kirk would have thought about you know, yeah but, but i mean but oh, here no, she I'm is kidding. she is altering his, his memory, memory of yep. an event and yep. It's pretty significant. It, well, it is because realistically, this is the way that Kirk remembers it now. Yep. So <laughs> she's permanently altered his memory of this event. But you know, this is also you know plays in well with the uh, you know the Kirk is this womanizing playboy who's you know hooking up with chicks after mm-hmm. parties and yeah. But you you would think look at, at lighting. Yeah, there's you know, and he's, and he's got, a happy he's, guy yeah, man, with that memory. memory. Yeah. Uh-oh. And, and the jig is now up, <laughs> and Adams is taking over the controls. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you, I, 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 that whole sequence seems questionable to me, that a doctor would be comfortable doing that, uh, that uh, you know, that Noel yeah. would have injected herself into it. Yep. Um, and yep. I guess it, it exposes her human side so, or her yeah. need, you know. Well, maybe she, she has a thing for Kirk. Mm-hmm. But now he now the Doctor Adams is going to do all sorts of evil things like uh, he's going to make Kirk into a meatloaf fan, <laughs> and he's going to make him like the Green Bay Packers, and all kinds of nefarious things up. And poor Noel, she's getting manhandled by that uh, that brainless. Uh, he looks like somebody that 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 um, not 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 Doctor Adams, yeah. but the the random. Uh, the random crewman there, the guy yeah. that operates the machine, doesn't he look like um, is that Ferris Bueller's teacher, the Bueller? Oh, Bueller, Ben Stein. Ben Stein. He kind of looks like <laughs> yes, young Ben does. Stein, doesn't he? Yeah. He's got some dry eyes. <laughs> he needs to get the red out. 
Yeah. Um, uh oh. Oh, the phaser. He's giving up his no, phaser. No, Kirk, don't do it. Mm-hmm. So Van, he's gonna. Uh, Adams is gonna make him throw that phaser mm-hmm. away. Mm-hmm. The one other thing I wanted to talk about is we we've seen two different versions of the phaser here. Yeah. Uh, we've seen the version that Van Gelder uses on the bridge. Yeah. Which is sort of the classic one that we all know. That's the the the, the pistol the hand, style. The pistol yeah. style hand phaser. Do they use a different phaser for the away missions or? Well, that phaser that Kirk just had actually fits into. The hand oh, it's the okay. top piece like you oh, know right. you have a model phaser yes, here somewhere I do. It, but it doesn't come off on the toy but that's you know they're they're uh, i guess the hand the hand trigger portion like i guess enhances the power of it or something oh. gives it more juice or something oh, i have to okay. look it up i'm probably showing my uh my ignorance of the technology but i know they fit together mm-hmm. so up uh, yeah here's some, some strength pain. here some in, some uh, intense intestinal fortitude oh shatner here it is some of the great acting mm. up and the, the fade out. So now we see Kirk has been brainwashed, and uh, in the in the same way Van Gelder had, they jacked the intensity way up. But it seems Kirk fares a lot better than yeah. Van Gelder. So I I'm thinking that Van Gelder had that done to him many times. Oh yeah, not or, just one shot or a marathon session. Yeah, yeah, some you know. some long intense <laughs> thing or. Yeah. yeah. So Kirk's been implanted with this idea that he would do anything for for uh, Doctor Noel. That she's like mm-hmm. his. That's it. That's all that he's about. Yep. Um, and and um, they've pretty much neutered Kirk, if yeah. you will. Um, I guess we should talk a little bit about uh, Lieutenant Helen Noel here, sure. played by Mariana Hill, who's got mm-hmm. more than seventy film and TV appearances. Wow. Um, she was in Paradise Hawaiian style with Elvis, <laughs> and she was also in The Godfather Part Two, which is oh, kind of wow. neat. And her cousin is the late General H. Norman Schwarzkopf. Get out! Yeah, yeah. In fact, wow. uh, Hill is not her her given last name. Wow. So. Yeah. She kinda actually neat. looks kind of familiar, like someone you you've probably seen in other stuff, but. Don't realize it's the same person. Yeah, I mean, seventy TV and film appearances. You've had to have seen her somewhere. That's a lot, you know. I mean, yeah, uh, Kirk is going to wrestle this grate off of here, which that is a really big air return, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's huge. Mm-hmm. I mean, Guy Fieri could fit in that thing, <laughs> yeah. but I, I guess they they didn't assume that there would be any reason. To have it be small, I don't think they were ever thinking that somebody. Well, although you're on a, a penal colony, <laughs> and you, they 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 got to tunnel out all that the 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 rock for that duct work to go through. Yeah, I mean that's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. So I think it's 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 kind of uh, speaks to Kirk's um, mental uh, acuity, if you yeah. will, yeah. or his uh, his constitution. If we this is a role playing game, yeah. Um, that even with this sort of mind adjustment he's gone through, he's able to really focus at the light mm-hmm. at the end of the tunnel and, uh, you know, determine that they need to to do something yep. in order to get the get out of the situation. And he's able to sort of think in a clear way uh, yep. in enough time to sort of send Dr. Noel on her way right. to do yep. what she needs to do. He's which reasoned is, it out. Yeah. Which I think is, you know, it it's, it sort of speaks to, you know, it's a, it's it's definitely um, a, a a character trait, if you will. Oh yeah, and you're getting a, a little bit more insight into the mental strength that Kirk possesses. And it, if you ever 
wonder, and this is a, one of the great things about this this whole essential mm-hmm. viewing thing, is if you ever want to try to figure out why Kirk is in the captain's seat, mm-hmm. and you watch these essential episodes, you'll get enough information on him as a character to realize all of these things that he possesses are the reason why he yeah. is the character that he is. Mm-hmm. So... You know, of the, there's 430 crew members on the ship. 429 of them are not Kirk. Would how many of those 429 would be able to withstand this? Maybe Spock. Yeah. Who else? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, and here he is. He's breaking out of the out of the uh, chair again. Yep. The contortions of pain. He's on the floor, yeah. writhing around. And this is, you get a good shot of the black undershirt that he's wearing mm-hmm. there. And she's still crawling through this <laughs> vent. I mean, how is she even going to find where she's supposed to be going? And she's been tasked with a pretty serious... Yeah. You know, I mean, ultimately, you know, um, the cavalry arrives and yep. uh, saves the day. Um, but she was still, she's still yep. showing uh, some... Uh, some in, in, in internal strength of her own here, you know. I guess yep. she's a Starfleet crew member, so uh, you yeah. know. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. You know, Starfleet. I think they they, they train, train you pretty well. well. They do. So she's got to find a way to get this security shield down, so that uh, the cavalry can beam down. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. And Spock and she, is dying to find a way to get down there, mm-hmm. and she also cuts power to the neuralizer, neuralizer. as well. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So which pretty much say pretty you can. Say that maybe that saves Kirk's life. Oh, yeah. So she's already cut some stuff, some power down. They got the other guys coming down with phasers in hand, no less. Yeah, yeah. Going to to shoot the intruder. They all have these lovely hand and dove. It's kind of a a weird counterpoint, you know. It almost seems, you know, counterintuitive or, you know, a a mixed message. Mm -hmm, You mm -hmm. know, we've got these phasers, but at the same time, we've got these peaceful-looking robes that have a a hand and a dove and the sun. Yeah, I guess you have to think that um, maybe he put all of his people into that machine and, and brainwashed them all. Because you have to wonder, you know... How many of these people would really be okay with this stuff? Yes. <laughs> you know, I don't know if a lot of these people would be okay with it, but he I'm thinking that maybe he must use that machine. Mm-hmm. Oh! Yeah, we get some I nice hand-to-hand how he work. Just, yeah. just karate chops people in the neck and knocks them out. That is such a great TV move. Yeah. And I think that was something definitely sort of... And that guy turning the power back on is going to really screw uh, Adams over. Yeah. Oh! That's a pretty cool effect. I mean, electrocuting the dude. Yeah. Oh, now he's all charcoal up. up. Yeah. The force field is down. Mm-hmm. And just these early episodes, it's just so weird to see that engineering. Uh, yeah. Space without Scotty. Yeah. I mean. Well, this this episode actually has uh, no Sulu and no Scotty. Yeah. So uh, you had a couple of you know major characters who don't make an appearance, and here comes. The savior. <laughs> and Mr. Spock is going to save the day. And he immediately knows something's not right. Yeah. Yeah, all right. So Spock notices the security screen. We're going to take the security screen down. <laughs> that Vulcan strength, strength. And ripping things open <laughs> and turning everything off. Beam down the security team. Yeah, and and that's that's it. The the jig is up. It is done. You can't compete with uh with Starfleet uh security forces. No. Uh oh. <laughs> bye bye, Adams. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Spock just fried your brain mm-hmm. without even knowing it. 
the the neuralizer almost looks like something you would have found at uh, like a garage sale. Yeah, really. You know, it's, like it looks a, like, like a like grandma's candy bowl or something, <laughs> yeah. right? Glued to the ceiling. But now we're going to find out too that if you are exposed to the neuralizer machine on a high intensity with no input coming in, you pretty much erase your brain. Yeah, right? yeah. So he really is mush. Yeah. So you can see right there, there's that hand phaser that's kind of attached to the top of the phaser. Yeah. So you could pop that sucker mm-hmm. out. And you have a more compact handheld. Uh-oh. Spock walked in at yeah. the right time. And and feasibly, that suggestion is never reversed. I think it is. Don't oh. they? Well, I, I think they do it off screen. Oh, okay. Yeah. But uh, now they're going to find the, yeah, uh, and, and that's- the mushified... Yeah, and Adam. they used the uh, the other dial. I think that's the only time we saw that other dial yeah. used. Then, yep, he's done. Yeah, who wants some chunky soup? Yep, can't help him. He's done. <laughs> so Peace I guess I, I guess we're 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 getting towards yeah. the end of this episode. It's time to have our uh, <sighs> discussion we always have when we come to the close of an episode. Yes, is, um, we debate or de- decide the essential nature of the episode. Yes, and I do. sort of tip my hand early you in the episode. Did. So I will go ahead and, and give my rationale or on, on why I think this is an essential episode. Okay. Um, I think hands down it's essential because it's the introduction of the Vulcan mind meld. Mm-hmm. We actually have Spock explaining it. We yep. don't just see him doing it. We have an mm-hmm. explanation. He explains it's the first time he's doing it on a human. He explains what it is. Mm-hmm. He explains the ritual behind it. Um, yep. So I think that coupled with sort of the handful of character moments we get from McCoy – and Kirk, mm-hmm, I think, mm-hmm. uh, hands down, this is an essential episode. Wow. That's pretty good rationale. Mm-hmm. Um, well. Whoa. I hate to say I have to agree with you on this oh. one. Ah, I'm going to fake you out a little bit. I don't know how I could disagree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely a great character development. Uh, the first mind meld, I think you nailed that one. Mm-hmm. Some great character development for Kirk. Get some good insights into his mental strength. The fact that he's able to withstand these torturous things and still uh, have a presence of mind to mm-hmm. figure out a way out of a situation. Fantastic stuff. I think this episode is particularly good at uh, building tension. Mm-hmm. I think it's a great dramatic episode. It's a good example of uh, uh, the intensity that can be brought to an episode by a good guest actor. Mm-hmm. So the Van Gelder character brings a lot of intensity in. Uh, you have some good uh, uh, exchanges between Kirk and and Spock here, especially at the end, and uh, I, I I think it's a almost a no brainer in mm-hmm. a way, mm-hmm. uh, especially with the first mind meld. I mean, I don't think how you could possibly say it's not essential just based on the mind meld alone. Sure, sure. So double check marks on this one. Nice from both of us. So. Uh, all right. Anything else in closing since the episode is now over? No, I, I think, you know, that's about it. I mean, we didn't talk about the director of the episode. I guess while the credits are rolling, I yeah, can quickly mention there. that it was directed by um, Vincent McEvity, who directed multiple episodes. And we actually talked about him last week on the Miri episode. So uh, a familiar name there. Yeah. Very, very cool. Mm-hmm. So I think that's about it. Yeah, that brings us to the end of another episode of the Tricorder Transmissions. Um, as always, it is uh, a lot of fun to sit here and uh, yeah, man. and uh, talk about the this episode with you and uh, share it with uh, you, the listener. And uh, 
We hope you enjoy it as much as we enjoy recording it. And I guess until next week, I'm Craig. And I'm Jeff. And we will see you then. Take it easy. Thanks a lot. Many Star Trek episodes found their roots in great works of literature. Dagger of the Mind is taken from Macbeth. It's been a long time since I've done Shakespeare, but let me take a stab at it. Is this a dagger which I see before me? The handle toward my hand. Come, let me clutch thee. I have thee not, and yet I see thee still. Art thou not fatal vision, sensible to feeling as to sight, or art thou but... A dagger of the mind, a false creation proceeding from the heat-oppressed brain.